Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, 24 Sound. 24 Sound is technically an audio production company, but they're way more than that. They're there to help you grow your business from audiobooks to podcasts and everything in between. They're flawless as sound engineers and they're strategic as business partners. Visit them at 24sound.com. You can also email them at hello at 24sound.com. And of course, as a best ever listener, you'll get a best ever discount. Mention best ever and you'll get a 20% discount on your first product. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Cameron Palmer. Hi, Cameron. Hey, how you doing, Joe? Doing well. And Cameron is based in Phoenix, so he was bragging before the show that it is beautiful weather there. And um, I told him today in New York City, it's unseasonably warm. So um, I'm sure it's a little bit warmer than 65 degrees in Phoenix, but in New York City, when it's 65 and almost Thanksgiving, that is uh, something that you have to take advantage of. For sure. A little bit about Cameron. Cameron holds an MAI designation from the Appraisal Institute and is a certified general real estate appraiser in Arizona. He's performed valuation services for over $1 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars of real estate. His specialty is multifamily with an emphasis in high and best use analysis, fundamental market analysis, and discounted cash flow analysis. And we'll talk a little bit about that. So with that being said, Cameron, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, uh, I am focused in the multifamily sector here in Phoenix. Um, it's been going really well. Um, we're more of into a development and expansion phase here, um, but it's been it's been a great learning experience all the way around. I also do other commercial uh, real estate properties and valuations and such, but I've become specifically interested in multifamily and rub shoulders with investors and developers. And uh, I'm trying to start on that path myself. So it's a, it's a wonderful learning experience and I've been grateful for every minute of it. Let's talk a little bit about the three uh, items I mentioned as far as what your emphasis is. So highest and best use analysis, number one, fundamental market analysis, number two, and discounted cash flow analysis, number three. Highest and best use analysis. Can you give a very uh, straightforward uh, definition of what that is and how that's applicable to investors? Absolutely. Highest and best analysis has to do with understanding what the market is around you. As the market dynamics change, land, uh, because we have a limited supply of it, is can be used for different things. And as the landscape changes, so does the value of the land change. Um, there's numerous scenarios where we, in, uh, in our appraisal field, we look at and we talk about where maybe office um, has died out in a certain area and no office users want to be there. And it's, although the property is zoned for office and somebody like, for example, multifamily comes in there, buys it for pennies on the dollar and realizes that there's a lot of uh, residential needs and demand in that area. 
they will build an apartment complex and it'll it'll just be a home run. It'll be great. Um, but it's definitely fitting the need with the market dynamic at that time and using the land for its highest potential. And at what point do you personally get involved with that a process? It starts from the beginning. We do a market analysis um, to determine what uses are most viable in the area. We will actually look at costs for different types of properties. Um, for example, how much does it cost to build an office property versus an apartment project um, versus an industrial project? And then we'll look at what market rents are in the area at that time and see if development is feasible. There could be that all three uses are feasible. However, one is what we call maximally productive. In other words, it returns the highest revenue to the investor, the highest return. That would be the highest and best use. We get involved in all stages of that, whether it be the appraisal process, we do that, or if there's a developer looking for somewhere to invest and build from the bottom up, we're involved from that uh, from that point too. And you, you touched on the fundamental market analysis, so we'll go ahead and go to the third one, discounted cash flow analysis. What is that and how is it applicable to investors? The discounted cash flow analysis analyzes all the different cash flows that a property can achieve. Um, through a holding period, let's say five years, seven years, 10 years. And what that does is we identify all those values and then we bring it back in terms of present dollars. What does it equate to here and now? Because a dollar today is worth a dollar, is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. So all of those cash flows are bringing it to this point. And then we have an apples to apples comparison where we can look at other investments and see what turns the highest, what brings back the highest return to an investor in terms of today's dollars. And that essentially is the, the root of a cash flow analysis. There's a lot else that goes into it. That's primarily what it is. So investors and developers use that to determine what the best use of their dollar today is um, to spend in order to get a return in tomorrow's economy. Exactly. Based on your experience as an appraiser who's appraised over, again, $1 billion worth of real estate and with a focus of multifamily, I'm excited to hear what is your best real estate investing advice ever? The best ever advice that I would have is to understand and identify how to influence value in these uh, commercial properties. One of the reasons that I can say I've valued over $1 billion in real estate is because that mostly comes from multifamily. It's huge dollar amounts, especially when you're looking at 100 units or more. We're talking these things value anywhere from $10 million to $50 million a pop. You don't have to do that many of them to get over $1 billion um, over you know several years. It's just, it's just what it is. It's just how the numbers come. So even though it looks like a big number, um, because you have those big chunks, you get there faster than you would um, otherwise. But understanding how the value, how the value is influenced, and one of the best, one of the most important things I've found that applies to almost all uh, multifamily is understanding what rent premiums and concessions do to value. In other words, you can have base rents, and usually those are what they are. But there are things that you can do with multifamily properties where you can identify premiums that you could possibly charge, or you could work something out with concessions where you're gradually decreasing those and those increase your overall value. When you talk about rent premiums and concessions, can you elaborate more on how you can 
uh, from a concession standpoint, decrease them over time and that adds value? Yeah, absolutely. With concessions, everybody in the market will sometimes offer a concession. That's ex- at least what we're coming through here in Phoenix when back in 2008, 2009, um, the uh, the market in 2010 2011 the market started trending downward and then it just went really far down and everybody had to offer some type of concession in other words they would say we'll give you one month off free or two months off free or three months off free of a 12 month lease so that you could at least just come and and be with us and and rent from us so all these apartment projects they were kind of vying for these tenants now the market has shifted where um, concessions are slowly being etched away. You don't hear about two or three months being offered anymore, and you rarely hear of one month free being offered anymore. But the trick to being able to eliminate that is to understand, again, what is your market doing around you? And if nobody else is offering that, you should not be offering that either. And when we go and appraise apartment projects, we usually see um, you know, one owner, operators, um, or other management companies, how they could be reducing these concessions because the market is doing it, but they're just not paying attention to it. Very interesting. And something that uh, I think even not even multifamily, um, not just multifamily, but single families and really any type of investor uh, can, can take, uh, can take that approach where they're listening to the market, identifying what their competition's doing. I mean, it's really real estate investing 101, but it's shocking how many uh, people might not do that. And I'm sure you've come across that as well. Um, and just see uh, where their competitive sets at and then price accordingly. Exactly. And the thing can, same thing can be said for premiums. And when I talk about premiums here, at least in the Phoenix market, uh, you can probably charge a little bit extra for a first floor uh, unit as opposed to a second floor because people don't like walking up the stairs. Or here, what's uh, very prevalent is if you're close to a pool or other location, if you have a view of the mountains, those things you can charge a premium for, which is an extra, you know, maybe 10 to 20, up to 30, sometimes $100 extra per unit per month. We find a lot of people aren't doing that when other people are. The market's already accepting it, but they don't see it and they could they can improve their value. They could influence their value just by looking and implying those things. Um, one apartment project that we're working on right now is a class C property that does not have washers and dryers. The apartment project right next to it is one of the exact same things. It's a class C property, but the buyer a year ago they purchased and then they put in washers and dryers in all the units and it cost them, you know, maybe two or 3000 put in, um, but they increased their rent by about $50 per unit. When you capitalize that with the cap rates we have going on here, and that is a value increase of almost $10,000 per unit. So they spent $3,000, but now they're getting rents that when you apply a capitalization rate to, it adds another $10,000 per unit in value. That's something that that, that owner is doing right. That's a good return. That's a good return. <laughs> Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I am. Best ever book you've read? Best ever book I've read is Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. Love it. And best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to besteverbook.com and you can get a free audio version of a book like that or maybe even that book 
uh, for free. So freebesteverbook.com. Best ever personal growth experience and what you've learned from it, Cameron. My first experience was a sales job and it was it was great because it helped me get out of my comfort zone. What it learned what I learned from it is that I need to be able to get out there um, to just try it, to get rid of that fear of failing and to just go full bore. It's really fun to get out there. Everybody makes mistakes. If you're not um, doing anything, then you're not making mistakes. Maybe the mistake you're making is just not being involved to begin with, but everybody makes mistakes. Get over that fear, get out there and get some stuff done. Best ever success habit you practice? For me, there are two of them. Gratitude is huge for me because it helps me keep perspective and balance, especially in hard situations and when they come up. Thinking also on a cooperative plane instead of a competitive plane is big for me too. Uh, What I mean by that is that um, if somebody I think will have the market on a certain uh, area, um, I think of uses or how it can be useful to kind of enhance that and we can both build off of the synergy that's created there. It helps me focus on win-win situations and also helps me focus on solid negotiation. And I can tell you from the successful investors that I've interviewed on the show to the successful business people um, that I've, I've spoken to in life, those are two things every single one of them would agree with. And I wholeheartedly believe in those two things. So thank you for sharing that. And um, I'm, it's, it's awesome that you practice gratitude and cooperate, cooperation and teamwork. That's awesome. Best ever deal you've done. So I'm a real estate appraiser and I'm starting to be an investor because I love that side of it, obviously. So I don't have any deals that are done myself, but I can speak to um, appraisals that we were involved in where this developer totally hit it out of the park. <clears throat> right now in um, Phoenix, we have a trend going on. A lot of apartment projects, they are getting rid of their green grass and landscaping. They're going to more of a desert landscape. And it makes sense because it costs less to maintain that. However, a developer from out of town, he came in and saw all that. And he also saw that tenants wanted the green grass to stay. They wanted it for their pets or just to walk on or you know, just to feel that, you know, give that kind of ambience to the apartment project. So what he did is he found a plot of land and not only did he give green grass, but he actually gave everybody and designed everybody to have their own private yard with green grass. It was great. He was able to charge a huge premium for it on top of the regular market rent. um, And it was a home run for him. It was great. He found a niche in the market. Somebody needed it. Somebody was willing to pay for it. There wasn't anything else like they're at it. So he didn't have kind of a roof as far as how much he could charge on the premium. Um, he was reasonable, but it was a lot more than what people, um, other investors thought he could get, but it was what people were willing to pay. And he, he reaped the rewards of that. Best ever quote. The best ever quote comes from Theodore Roosevelt and it's called the man in the arena. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how strong the man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, 
at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I love that. Basically, make it happen. Uh, get out there. And instead of criticizing from the sidelines, be in the game and make the mistakes and also reach the achievements. Yeah, I agree. I love it. It's a great quote. Well, thank you so much. And before we go, best ever listeners, you can go to bestoversurvey.com, enter your information to win Judy Robinette's book, How to Be a Power Connector. She was a fantastic best ever guest a couple episodes ago. And all you have to do is fill out that quick five-question survey so I can learn a little bit more about you, so I can personalize the content to you better so you get the most out of your time with us. Cameron, thanks so much for joining, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe.